Hi there, Charles here with Future Knowledge. Uh, three things. Thing number one, the GoFundMe for Catherine Winchell, who is the LegendsCon executive director and a longtime queer activist within the Star Wars community, is still ongoing. You can find it down in our episode description. Thing number two is I mention in this episode that reading an entire 80,000 word novel out loud to yourself over the course of a weekend will strain your voice. That is technically true, uh, but what will also strain your voice is having COVID, which it turned out I had while I was recording this episode. Now, I'm fine as of recording this tag on Friday. A lot of my symptoms have already gone away, so I want to go ahead and encourage everybody, if you haven't gotten your COVID and flu boosters for this season yet, please go out and do that. It's a great way to protect yourself and a great way to protect everyone around you who may be more vulnerable than you. I'm fine, but a lot of people who, who catch COVID are not going to be fine. And so it's important that everybody does their part and gets their boosters. Thing number three, you are also going to notice the audio quality is a little bit different at the beginning of this episode. I was accidentally recording to my webcam. I got about five minutes into the recording and realized I was doing that and switched midway through. So if my audio sounds a little bit bad in the first little bit, stick it out. It's going to switch back to normal a couple minutes in. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gaze. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. And if my voice sounds a little weird this recording, I am assured, at least temporarily, that it is not COVID. Uh, I just don't recommend reading 80,000 words out loud to yourself over two days. It will mess your entire throat up. Okay. This is this is my advice. It's your PSA. It's, this is my PSA. It's invaluable as a writer if you have the capability to do speaking like very well. I think it's worked for me because I'm, I'm very practiced at speaking due to this podcast. If you're if you're already good at that and you go through and you read your own work all the way through, you will catch so much shit that your brain just will not catch until it hears it out loud. But the downside is it will fuck your throat up. So then when you have to record podcasts, your voice is going to sound weird. That's my advice to writers. Also, <laughs> my other advice is don't go to school for writing. Well, I was going to say that. Go to school that, for the, something else. Do writing as, as a hobby. You do not need to pay money for this degree. You just need to write things and join a writer's group. And that will accomplish basically everything for free. I like it. Speaking of good writers, that was a segue. I'm good at segues. Bradley, how are you doing? Uh, you took a week off last week because we I recorded did. Death Troopers. Yeah, I needed the Halloween break, you know? I just needed something to keep me spooky. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Do you want to tell the listeners what your Halloween costume was? Yes, I was a uh, low-effort TikTok bro uh, who plays one random song on their thing where they just kind of look at the camera longingly and then turn their head back and then mouth the words. <laughs> um, and that's all I do. I'm uh, just kidding. I was, uh, I was, I dressed up as uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man because that was my outfit was specifically No Way Home. Yes, you were remarking to me that you were the only Tom Holland, but you were not the only Spider-Man at this uh, homosexual no. gathering. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, took, not. I, I saw plenty of different Spider-Man. Actually, I do have to congratulate people on their creativeness of costumes this year. I mean, that wasn't the one that there uh, were was six creative. Spider-Man at the party, <laughs> including you. Yeah, no, those weren't not clever at all. Those were just just to be Spider-Man in a skin tight suit. I thought it was really funny though. Oh, um, is that the... why all of the TikTok bros are doing it? Oh, of course, because it's because they're the not. <laughs> <laughs> I think don't they like don't they have to wear something under it otherwise they cover like, they cover it with their obvious hand. they oh, cover okay. it with their hand so that they're obviously oh, okay. covering it with their hand so oh, that okay. it's like ah i have to cover it up because it's so obvious <laughs> um i'm not super familiar with this trend i'm familiar with it but i'm not super familiar with it it's it's okay we can forget it ever happened it doesn't have to be a thing that people remember <laughs> God, I hope in a million years no one ever remembers that TikTok bros in low-effort Spider-Man costumes ever existed. <laughs> Speaking of things that are not low-effort, with SAG-AFTRA still on strike and there still being a picket line to avoid crossing, we are continuing our journey through Darth Vader. 2017 by Charles Soule. And this week, we will be covering the Rule of Five arc, which is just issues 11 and 12. We are only doing two issues this week. Bradley was, I'm sure, initially very happy about him, and then I told him that I actually have a lot of notes for these two issues. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh, apologies to everyone who isn't Bradley. We're going to run through the credits really fast. As with all of the Darth Vader issues, it was written by Charles Soule and penciled by Giuseppe Camincoli. The inker for this one was Danielle Orlandini. The letterer was Joe Caramagna. And the colorist was David Curiel. So that was who worked on these. So, Darth Vader, The Rule of Five. This week, Darth Vader foils an assassination attempt and uncovers a conspiracy against him. Bradley, what was one thing you liked about this arc and one thing you did not? One thing I liked about this arc was the ninth sister. I like that she shows up. She's great. I, I don't know. There's just I like character design. I like when you're not just a human person and you're boring. Um, I like her design. I like she's really funny, honestly. I feel like there's like, I don't know, I read it almost like she was being sarcastic, but also like super terrified at Darth Vader at the same time. <laughs> so it was really interesting. One thing I did not like was the entire arc. I thought it was okay. dumb and I hated it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I I just I just felt bored. Maybe it's because it was too short. I feel like it was a missed opportunity to do five issues with the title called The Rule of Five. I don't know why. I just feel like that would just chef's kiss. Why don't we do that? However, I also don't know what The Rule of Five is still. So I'm we'll, we'll explain, explain we'll explain the, the, the rule of five. Okay. Uh what or I'll do my best to explain why it's called <laughs> that when we get to the end. Got it. Uh one thing I really liked about this issue, I fucking love the twist. I love the twist. I love it. If you're only reading this comic and you've only seen the Vader-Palpatine relationship, the twist that Palpatine had nothing to do with the attempt is shocking based on everything you know if you've read literally anything else with these two in it especially the darth vader 2015 run this is a big shock that actually palpatine had nothing to do with it it's it's an incredible twist it plays with our expectations really well and it doesn't come out of nowhere it makes sense within the context of what we've already seen in the last 10 issues one thing i didn't like i have to agree i think it was too short they have some really interesting like concepts in this there's some really interesting ideas like the room of masks and all of that and i feel like we just blew through it 
I felt like Vader solved the problem too quickly. This could have been its own five-issue art, and it didn't. Now we'll get to, obviously, what happens later on in the comic. In hindsight, it kind of makes sense to have this, like, a short, snacky break in between uh, The Chosen One and The Dying Light and then Burning Season Fortress Vader. But as it currently stood, like, yeah, this, this one was a little bit too short, and I didn't think it played with the ideas that it had. Alrighty! Issue one, we are on the planet of Kabaria. Vader and the Night Sister are following up on a tip of a Jedi in a bar. Vader has the Night Sister with him, uh, but they're being super catty and bitchy to each other. She's like, why the fuck are you here? He's like, because you're <laughs> fucking stupid, and I'm going to show you how to do this properly. And then he goes into the bar, and he gets attacked by mercenaries who clearly think he's some sort of Jedi, but he's not, and so he fucking gets a bunch of innocent people murdered. And the mercenaries run away we find out it is a mother and father and their daughter it is a three-person team so it is a family team mercenaries try to escape ninth sister is like damn i should help uh but maybe i don't want to because fuck this darth vader guy vader's like give me your lightsaber he takes off after him he manages to chase them down manages to beat them holds the daughter hostage and the mom's like hey so i can find out who hired us for this job if you let our daughter go and, and then he does it and then also and then the mother is like yeah we traced it all the way back to the uh coruscant senate building it presumably came from palpatine's office dun 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 that's issue one <laughs> a, a surprising amount happens in this issue the planet of kabaria this is its first appearance we would only ever see it again in crimson rain well darth vader number 12 crimson rain one is the only other time we will see this planet in flashbacks and then hidden empire 3 it is mentioned both crimson rain and hidden empire are written by charles soul hello ninth sister and also r.i.p to your fucking eyeball <laughs> what why, did, why didn't she get it like not replaced but you know what i mean like they she just it's just like an empty socket like she doesn't it's have like so anything else like there <laughs> so weird it's so i don't know maybe vader like forbade her from getting it replaced maybe he like wanted her to be deliberately hobbled i don't know interesting and now i obviously i haven't played the games or whatever but like in the video game is it obvious that she has a fucked up eye because this is clearly i don't remember it before honestly let me let me google ninth sister fallen order <laughs> like, yeah, what does her close-up face look like on there? Because I don't know. It's really hard. Does she to have see. the scar at least? Uh, I'm trying to find a high-quality image to look at. It does look like she might have her eye in that. Right. So that might be a continuity error. Or is it just like a she's got it fixed? It's really hard to tell because she's wearing a visor the whole time. Oh, so, so she is. Really so she wears difficult. her visor in the thing. Okay. Looking at the pictures, it's really difficult to tell. I think she has both her eyes in fallen order. Oh, I see. She always wears her visor up. Always okay. wears her visor up. Okay, so we wouldn't even know if she had. We wouldn't the scar. even have noticed. Yeah, yeah I thing. think based on an image I saw that that she might have both eyes, but. I don't really think it's worth looking close enough at it. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. It's not like that big of a deal, but it's not going to break canon for me. But um, I just thought it was like interesting that she had the one eye. I want to talk about the relationship between Vader and his Inquisitors. 
because I spent the morning listening to the Dark Side Divas episode they're currently doing Into the Dark, which is a High Republic novel, Bradley, that you haven't read yet. But they talk a bit about the relationship between a master and a Padawan. And specifically, there's a bit in that that talks about how the duty of a Padawan is to learn. They are to accompany the master uh, or any Jedi master, and they are to assist any Jedi master wherever is required and take the chances to see how masters handle things and it is a mark of respect between the padawan and the master vader and his inquisitors are doing a slightly more fucked up version of this because she's like she clearly doesn't want to learn shit she clearly thinks she's got it all figured out and she's like why the fuck are you here and he's like because you're stupid and you need somebody to show you how to do this correctly which i find really interesting how it parallels the relationship between a master and a padawan it's it's more directly adversarial even than the relationship between the sith between palpatine and vader it's like there's no respect here on either side and i find that really interesting <laughs> yes i also love that she's afraid of him even though due to her size and you know her mass like you'd think that like just brute strength would like overpower but because darth vader is just so like heightened in the force or whatever i guess he is like that much more powerful than her and she's genuinely afraid of this little dude that like is like half a robot well and also she points out too like her thing was empathy her thing was being able to read people around her mm. and she reads vader and she's like yeah this dude does not want to be alive yeah right yeah, this yeah, yeah. dude wants to die this dude wants to keep throwing himself at jedi and right. maybe something will kill him and put him out of his misery when you have a type of person like that that's fucking terrifying yeah to be he's around dangerous yeah yeah because he's dangerous because he doesn't give a shit about anybody around him he doesn't give a shit about himself he's just gonna run into this thing guns blazing and she's going to potentially get attacked because of what vader did what vader does in this so she's like yeah this dude is one unhinged two would murder me at a second thought three definitely chopped my hand off if not also took my eyeball out so right i was like damn how many things has he taken from her according to him not enough he keeps doing it <laughs> well and he mentioned remember we cast our mind back to issue number six when he was talking about how he takes things from the Inquisitors so they carry that pain of loss with them forever. Right. It's immensely messed up. And it's a messed up, like, weird version of the Master Padawan relationship. Wait, he took her hand? I think he just slashed her, like, stomach or something in that one. No, no, no you're was, right. Yeah, because I was looking thing, at Charles this. That's fucked up in real time, everybody. He took the sixth brother's hand, I think. Right, because I'm looking at this other panel where yeah, she's he just got slashed her, her stomach hand, up. both of her hands. So. Okay. No, you know what? You know who I'm mixing that up with? It's Cal Kestis, I think, slices her hand off. Oh, I wouldn't know. I, I think he slices her hand off. Oh, no, it's been a while since I played Fallen Order. I've been replaying uh, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga because I got all the DLC for it and then never replayed it with all the DLC characters. So maybe, maybe I'll have to do Fallen Order after that. I don't know. I also find it interesting in this conversation that there's, there's this bit where the Ninth Sister's like, I don't know how much experience you have with Jedi, but everybody, every Jedi trains in something different. And I'm like, 
Are you fucking lecturing Darth Vader on Jedi? Are you giving him like a condescending little speech? <laughs> She's like, well, on fucking... back in the Jedi Order. <laughs> well, you, you wouldn't know this. Right, you wouldn't know but... this because... <laughs> and I'm like, oh, she has no idea who he is. No, they, yeah, I like, forgot really about that. Yeah. There's only like two, one and a half people at this point that know who he is. Other than Obi-Wan and Yoda. There's only one and a half people in the Empire that know who he is. Palpatine knows, and Tarkin has basically figured it out and is like, I don't really care enough to push this. You do you, man. Whatever. But yeah, she has no idea, so she's giving him this condescending little lecture on, well, in the Jedi Order. And I'm like, yeah. you are lucky he does not fucking murder you. You are so lucky he does not murder you. Vader walks into the bar. Uh, there's one guy in there that kind of looks like a Bothan from Legends. We still don't know what a Bothan is in canon, but there's one guy that like kind of looks like a Bothan. Vader gets attacked, uh, and RIP to Vader's golden lightsaber. It does get fucking destroyed. So it took me a minute. I had to like look at the panels like maybe like four or five times to understand how it broke. Because like it looks like so he pulls it out like he's going to use it and then he throws it at the person and then it just breaks. I don't understand what the I don't understand how that. I that also worked. don't necessarily get it because I read them and I went, OK, there's an action scene. It breaks somehow. We move on. Okay, I just didn't. It, it it's just something didn't make to do with sense. the ion that they were like fields that they were using, okay, uh, or whatever. they did anyway. something. They, they had something that could destroy the lightsaber. Whatever. The lightsaber's destroyed. He gets the <laughs> kyber crystal back. I'm sure somebody will come to come to me to tell me exactly how this worked. Right. And now that I've said that, I know for a fact that at least one person <laughs> will come to me and tell me how that worked. But I, I didn't really care enough to make a note of that or look into it. I did make a note of how funny it is that the people keep assuming Vader's a Jedi. Right. Because these people are like, the, the assassin team is like, everybody clear the bar. We only want the Jedi. We're not here for you. And Vader's like, oh, honey, that's so cute. He's like, I literally don't care. <laughs> I will fucking murder everyone in this building. I do not give a shit. Then he attempts to call the Night Sister for backup, and the Night Sister pulls a hole. What? What? Um, I'm sorry, you're you're breaking up. You're breaking. Um, uh, sorry, bad connection. I must be driving through the mountains. Can't hear you. <laughs> Which is so funny. She's so bitchy. I know. I love this. Her. I love her. She just chills. I like. I like. She's like, oh, that that's so unfortunate. I'm just gonna hang up now and just stand here and wait. I'm like, if you genuinely are afraid of this man, then why are you like testing his patience? Like, cause she's afraid of him, but she also is just being really bitchy about it. I love it. Like, it feels like she's masking her fear in sass ba sassing back to him. Like, some people have this sort of like defiance to them. Like, no matter how they feel, if you poke at them, they're gonna poke back at you. And that's just how they respond. And the poke back you're going to get depends on the poking you're doing. So if you're doing it good naturedly and they get that it's good natured, you're going to get the poke back. Also good natured and everybody's going to have a good time. But if you're super bitchy to them, which Vader is all of the time to the Ninth Sister, then she's going to be bitchy right back. And if the opportunity comes to let you hang out in a bar getting shot because you can pretend the cob length broke, well, gosh! It would appear that my phone battery is at 1%. <laughs> Don't know how that happened. I must have forgotten to charge it. Hang up the call. Turn off the phone. 
And I love this for her. I love this whole energy she's putting out. It's fucking amazing. I also love how Vader is just immediately suspicious. Like, the second he walks out of this bar, he's like, somebody set me up. I'll bet it's one of those bitch-ass inquisitors. <laughs> I know this was somebody sold me out. Right. And then I says, like, okay, okay. I am picking up that very genuinely, if I do not speak carefully, I'm gonna fucking die. So I'm gonna be like, dude, it wasn't me. They're also getting away. I'm gonna make sure I, I don't get murdered here. I like that Vader is immediately suspicious. Right. And I like how she has to defend herself, too. She's like, whoa, I'm not a part of this because I'm not a fucking idiot. OK, so it doesn't even make sense that I would try to kill you and then also come with you while you're getting killed. So, like, think about this. Think about this. She's like, it's not Buddy, me, I promise. It's not me. Let's talk about one Chanith Cha. Did it seem weird to you that she just kind of fucks off and Vader just lets her go? Yes. I mean, I don't quite understand the whole why he even cares enough. Because she has plot armor, and I will explain why. Because this is not the first time we have seen Chanith Jaw. Okay. So, something that's critical to mention, I was going to mention it later, but I will mention it now, is that Darth Vader 2017 is kind of a prequel series to Landa, which was one of Charles Soule's early comics for canon. He did a, I think it was five issue run uh, of this limited series called Lando. Not going to talk about what the plot of Lando was, because that will spoil some of Darth Vader 2017, but Chanith Cha is a character who appears in that first. Oh, she first okay. shows up in Lando 2. She then appears in Darth Vader 2015, issue 16. She's in War of the Bounty Hunters, she's in an issue of Bounty Hunters, and most importantly, she comes back for Crimson Reign and Hidden Empire. Everything I just mentioned except for Darth Vader 2015 and Bounty Hunters 26 was written by Charles Soule. So her story continues. So if you want to read her story in chronological order, this is where you start. You go Vader, Lando, then some other stuff, then Hidden Empire. Okay. And it, no spoilers, but it, it, it ends in Hidden Empire. And a lot of things that set up in here, like that whole promise not to seek vengeance thing, that sets up things later on. So okay. this is an origin story for this character. Presumably her parents get murdered by Vader off screen. I know they die at some point. Uh, I do believe this is where it happens, even though we don't see it. Yes, I do believe this is where this happens, is he murders them off screen. He lets the daughter go. He lets the daughter he, go. They tell him, like, hey, it's probably Palpatine, even though she doesn't use that word, but she says, it's probably someone at the top that's trying to murder you. And then it just cuts away. It cuts. He so murders we, them off screen. Okay, I didn't We don't that. find out about that here. Well, because they bargained for a chance. For life. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. That was part of it, is the mom knows that Vader's never going to accept a deal that includes all three of them, because somebody has to pay for trying to kill him. She's smart enough to bargain, and the father too, they're smart enough to bargain only for her life, because that is a deal that Vader would conceivably take. Got it, okay. Yes, so that is all set up to things in different comics that we may or may not read, depending on how long the strike goes on. And then they tease us at the end by being like, ah, it's Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, so this is real interesting because if, if again, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, it is completely reasonable that this was Palpatine. Sure. Not a shock that it's Palpatine. Not a twist, not, not a surprise. Yeah. I was like, oh, The shock okay. is that it turns out to not be Palpatine. <laughs> right. But the, the, the thing lies to us 
by omission. Right. By showing us Palpatine, but doesn't directly lie to us. It tricks us and activates a part of our brain that's like, oh, we just read Darth Vader 2015, presumably. We know that Palpatine is constantly trying to kill Vader. And then surprise, it isn't. So I, I, I like how that ends. And it ends with like this, oh, Vader's going to go confront Palpatine. And Palpatine's going to be like, teehee, this was all my test. <laughs> right. Which but depend on what I just said, because we'll come back to that. Issue number 12. Vader is building his new lightsaber on the way back to Coruscant. There is some problems in the atmosphere. Vader gets attacked, but he winds up in Coruscant and he goes to the Jedi Temple to talk to Palpatine. He's like, did you fucking try to kill me? And Palpatine's like, no, that was actually not me that time. <laughs> so Vader meditates through the force and he determines that it was actually the guy that he was fucking choking all the way back in like issue seven in Palpatine's office. And then he's like, damn. So he goes to Palpatine and he's like, hey, I want to do some whack shit. And Palpatine is like, okay, I fully support the whack shit with some caveats. And then Palpatine calls a whole bunch of people together. And he's like, so to be 100% clear, because I know this has not been clear, Vader speaks with my authority. He is the hand of the king here. If he issues you a command, I want you to obey it as though it came from me. And Vader's like, I need five randomly chosen people that also coincidentally happen to include the guy that tried to kill me to step forward. And then he fucking murders all of them uh, and they die. And then Vader meditates more and then the issue ends. That is basically the plot summary of what happened. I uh, went looking to see if anybody translated the Orabesh Invader's Mask. Couldn't find it. Didn't seem important enough for people to translate. If it exists, I did not look for it that hard. But we do see Vader's building a new lightsaber. And did you see what lightsaber he's building? It looks to be a screen accurate uh, representation of his uh, lightsaber. from. It sure uh, is a screen accurate <laughs> representation of his lightsaber from A New Hope. That's yeah, right. he's building the actual lightsaber. Uh, that like he that. will use because he's just been using uh, Infilia's lightsaber the whole time. Right. But yes, it is the iconic lightsaber. I like it. Yay. He heads into the Jedi Temple and Palpatine's wandering around the archives being evil and shit. He is holding Momin's mask in his hands. Again, you don't know what this means yet, but I want to point out that he's just holding Momin's mask monologuing like it's fucking uh, Yorick's skull from Hamlet. Okay, that's what I thought it was supposed to be representing. Like, I was like, as I didn't quite understand, I was like, it's why just, is he holding it? Just like, like, he's holding it and he's speaking, uh, like, essentially to it. Alas, and, uh, poor Momin. I didn't know him at all because he lived thousands of years before my time. <laughs> but actually, I do kind of know him because all of the Sith are in me, apparently. I'm not 100% sure how any of that works, but Rise of Skywalker hasn't come out yet. So we're not 100% sure how this works. Exactly. But he's alassing poor Yorick with Momin's mask. Have you picked up, Bradley, that Momin's mask is going to be a huge fucking plot point later? I mean, if you keep bringing it up, I feel like it must. I, I don't wish to spoil. However, I do keep pointing out the existence of this mask. <laughs> Reminder, I've read these comics before. Bradley is reading them as we go for the first time. So he has no idea what's going to happen in Burning Seas and Fortress Vader, except for the stuff he read in Inquisitor Rise of the Red Blade. So the moment where Vader hands, I just want to shout out the, the Marvel Unlimited app, which is where we're reading this, specifically on my phone or the tablet. 
The moment where Vader like slowly hands the new lightsaber to Palpatine, because of the way the panels are laid out, it's cinematic. It's fucking cinematic if you're watching it in dynamic view. So highly recommend reading this in dynamic view because one, it makes it easier to read because you're not trying to read a whole fucking comic page. But two, sometimes you'll get moments that basically look like you're watching some like a movie, like an animated version of this, which is really rad. So they introduced something called the Room of Masks. I saw that. This which is, is about the coolest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen. This is the only appearance of the Room of Masks, which is bullshit. Because this is the coolest concept that is introduced in these issues. This fucking rules. Okay, so essentially, from what I can tell of what the Room of Masks is supposed to be, the Room of Masks is a spot where in order to enter it, and it's these, you look at it and it's these like private rooms. Right. Like it's all these private areas. In order to enter it, you have to be wearing a mask. So your identity has to be hidden. No one knows who you are, which means you can conduct really illicit business, like say, discussing the assassination of Palpatine's right-hand man in this room and nobody's going to know who you are. They won't be able to spot that you were there. They won't be able to hear your conversation. And we see like the panel I'm looking at, cause I just pulled it up on, on Wikipedia has like some sort of hut in the background, but like everybody's wearing masks and they have like these cordoned off areas. It's supposed to be the type of place where you can conduct illicit business and not be seen. And that's the idea. Okay. It's very like Court of Owls from DC, I think. Right. I haven't read a lot of DC, but it was giving me very Court of Owls vibe to where you're always masked, where everybody's masked. This is a long, long time trope in, in fantasy-ish stories and intrigue stories set in fantastical settings as you'll have some sort of mask area. Uh, this is fucking cool as shit, and I'm super mad that it has not ever shown up again. Charles so Soule, you wrote multiple comics about Crimson Dawn and you never use this room again? What the fuck, dude? So are are the guys that are talking about Vader, like, are they just randoms? Yes. So I, I will explain the scene. So there's two guys and they're having a conversation and they're basically talking about why they think they need to take out Vader, which is no one knows who this dude is. He is just following Palpatine around and he is acting with complete impunity. He is making demands of people. We saw it in The Dying Light. He's making demands of people. He's choking people that don't listen to him. He's just walking around generally being fucking terrifying. And in this authoritarian system, any disruption to the order of it, to having clear understanding of who is in charge, that is a problem. And this guy wandering around, apparently with Palpatine's leave, just fucking executing anybody that looks at him properly. That's going to be a problem not only to people who want have some sort of ambition to rise in the Empire. It's just going to be a general problem to the state of things. Because nobody knows if they should be listening to this guy or not. So these two guys are like, yeah, we, we're, we're trying to take this dude out. And they basically made it seem like the signal was sent from Palpatine's office. Or was sent close to that so Vader would suspect somebody else. Uh, but it's actually the guy that he, one of the, the officer that he choked early on in the, the series. 
And at the same time, it's flashing back and forth between this conversation that's happening in the room of masks. I think it makes a little more sense if you're not looking at it in dynamic view because it does take a minute to piece together this is what's happening, but it still looks really cool in dynamic view. Vader at the same time is meditating and he's he's trying to zero in on who this person was that attempted to assassinate him while they're having this conversation. And that's how he figures it out. Gotcha. Because I'm looking at the panels and I notice that in the bar scene or what he's like where he's talking they're talking about it the one guy is missing two fingers and then well, clearly it... one of these guys is not human clearly the the one that's in red is human and the one that's in like the brown mask is clearly not human okay so he's missing two fingers but then they cut to an imperial officer that's missing two fingers in the crowd Oh, maybe I'm wrong. So that's why I was like, hey, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm wrong. We're correcting Charles again on my. Okay. okay. So congratulations, Bradley. You figured that out. Well done. This is what you get for actually looking at the comic while we're recording these episodes. Right. I, well, I have to keep myself straight because otherwise it's going to be, well, ha ha. Um, <laughs> Bradley, horrible news for you about the name of this podcast. Um, horrible no, news but... for you about the premise of this podcast. Okay. So clearly one of the conspirators is this guy with two missing fingers and he's just in the background in the crowd somewhere watching vader choke these dudes so maybe presumably maybe presumably like one is the guy that he choked earlier and then the other one is just some random officer because he doesn't he executes a guy that that looks a lot like the guy that's being choked in the flashback yeah he's got like the red hair yeah so i'm assuming that's the same guy i'm assuming that's the same guy yeah and then i'll assume that's the guy with the silver helmet maybe right with or, the dragon age inquisition looking motherfucker on it yeah right i'm assuming that's the redhead guy and then the other guy's just some random dude we haven't met yeah. before. anyway this scene is cool and the room of masks is cool but i also love the twist that palpatine was not behind it all i've already talked at length about how much i love that twist we get another like really fucking creepy also these force images are really fucking creepy of course like they're so fucking weird and he's got like the little butterflies that are flying around it looks like he like tries to swat it like he tries to move to like get it out it's symbolism i think it's supposed to symbolize he's he's trying to like banish the light side right i think is what's supposed to be going on here who's to sing we cut to palpatine invader having a conversation in palpatine's office and Palpatine's like, go ahead and do your thing. The only really thing of note I have here is Palpatine says, you can have any of them but Tarkin. Tarkin is my special little boy. <laughs> he's my pet chihuahua. I need him. He's my little pet. He's my other little pet attack dog. Right, right. You're my so Rottweiler. I have, he's I my have, chihuahua. Yeah, he, you're my Rottweiler, right? You, I'm just going to sick on anybody that looks at me funny. He's my chihuahua. He, I'm going to take him out to parties because he's socially acceptable. And then I'll sick him on people and he'll claw their faces off. So I love that he has to specify not Tarkin, which is super funny because that means every other Imperial officer was that at the time was on the table. Right. He's like, well, you can have anybody you want. You can have anybody you want. (laughs) You want Krennic? You can have Krennic. Great. I don't even like Krennic that much. (laughs) We're about to solve the plot of Rogue One real quick. So the scene where Vader executes them, here's where I think the rule of five thing comes in because he picks five people and a good chunk of them are randos. Like they have nothing to do with this and he just kills them anyway. And the reason is because it's 
prevented it. It's a really fucked up thing. He's not just punishing people who come for him. He is saying, I am willing to murder anyone in the exact same way, in public, in front of everyone. You do not actually need to have done something for me to do this. I can do this with the emperor standing right next to me and he will not say a word. He does, Vader is like, I do not need a reason. So that's what, so it means like the rule of five is I don't have to have reasoning behind my decision making. It can just be five people at random. If I feel like killing you, that's just exactly. what's going to happen. That's okay. what I think this means. Gotcha. Now, this will change. This will change in Darth Vader 2015 after the destruction of the first Death Star. For a while, he's, think, Tag, General Tag. He's Tag's bitch for a while because he was the only guy that was correctly predicted what was going to happen on the Death Star. So Palpatine's like, actually, you work for this guy for a little bit. <laughs> but ultimately, that doesn't last because he's back to murdering people by Empire. But this is how Vader gets away with all that until now. The final... I may be wrong. Double check me on this. I I think that the force vision at the end, this may be where he does the swipe, like trying to swipe away the butterflies. Is it earlier or is it now? No, it's now. They like, he like destroys them with his little tentacles or something. Okay. So third time's the charm. You're <laughs> correcting me again on this episode. This is where he does the little swipe away. And then the window cracks, which is kind of a nod to Darth Vader 2015. There's a very famous panel in Darth Vader 2015, where uh, Boba Fett tells him the name of the pilot who destroyed the Death Star. We actually get to see the moment that Vader finds out that Luke is alive. Oh. And he just, he just stands there. Boba Fett tells him the name, walks out, Vader just stands there, and he's looking out in space, and the view part just starts cracking. And just the whole thing spiderwebs. It's really cool. This is, I think, kind of a nod to that. That is all of my notes on the rule of five. Bradley, did your opinion of this change that nothing fucking happened in it? No? Um, no, I, I, I think I get it now a little bit more now that we've kind of like broken it down a little bit better. Uh, I think when I, you know, first read, I didn't quite get it. I think it's because it's too short of like an arc. Like I think it just, it, they couldn't really tell me certain things or I feel like maybe they shortened parts that were very important that they needed to kind of like draw out just a little bit longer to make me get it more. I think the only reason why I get it is because we sat down and tried to explain it. Like if I didn't, you know, there's too many things in this where it's like, you know, how does his lightsaber break? And like, is it Palpatine? No, just kidding. It's not Palpatine. Like, I don't know. It's, it's too short, too fast. I needed like a solid two or three more just to give a good, like, like I wanted some real good, like, um, like hints about like what was actually going on here. Not just, oh yeah, it was that guy that I randomly choked a couple issues back. Like I needed more conspiracy. I needed more of them talking in the mask room or more like plotting and like being like, okay, well this didn't work. So now let's do the thing with the missiles and try to destroy them with the missiles or whatever. And it's like, they needed to explain more. I think, I think that's where it lost me. I mean, it's still good. I think where you like, what you're saying is the best part is the whole, it wasn't Palpatine. I think that's the best part of the whole entire two issues is that nope just kidding it's not him um even though it obviously is him in the beginning and then it's like just kidding it's actually not i have a sneaking suspicion one of two things happened here either they started outlining this and they started writing it 
and someone realized somewhere in the process that everything outside of the initial chase with the Chaz was going to be like a lot of people talking in rooms. And that just isn't conducive to comic storytelling. Right. Like you gotta have something in the issue and it would have felt like unnaturally padded out. Like they didn't have a way to make this interesting beyond what we've got. So they just decided to basically get to the interesting part, which was Vader murdering all of those officers. That's theory number one. Theory number two is this may have been around the point that they found out that they were only getting 25 issues and that Soul oh. wanted to spend more time with Burning Seas and Fortress Vader. And so that's why the Rule of Five Part One is so slow. And then Rule of Five Part Two fucking blasts through the plot. Right. Like it just burns through it. I wonder if they said, well, we only have 25 issues and I need at least seven for Fortress Vader. So I think maybe right. that's what happened. Yeah, I think, I I think that's a good speculation. theory. That's a good theory. I think that he, he might have had a better, maybe more padded out story. And they said, where can we cut this story down? for time yeah. essentially or like how can we get rid of an issue like a whole they probably had maybe they had two or three that they were like where can we cut two or three issues out of this lineup so that we can make these other ones longer because we need it i suspect too that that had i wonder how much of this was outlined from the beginning and how much of this was because clearly soul knew the story right like he's he's setting up things all the way as far back as the first arc that are gonna that are paying off like this is one complete story there's setups and payoffs in it i have to wonder at what point the actual outlining took place at what point they knew what the breakdown of the issues was going to be because i have a sneaking suspicion that they would not have done an entire issue of vader like breaking into the space station with the clone troopers and then an entire issue of him walking up a mountain and then falling down a mountain <laughs> i suspect these two issues would not exist if they had known early on you're only getting 25 issues they would have done four issues of the right. chosen one four issues of dying light four issues of rule of five five for burning seas bad ground and then seven for fortress vader that's how they would have broken it down yeah that's my theory at any rate I have no evidence of this whatsoever. All right. Do you have any additional final thoughts on this arc? I, I liked it, but it was too fast. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my overall thought of the whole entire thing. Yes. Like, it was, it was good. I just, too fast. Too fast. You miss a lot of stuff if you're reading it quickly, as evidenced by the fact that I, even I taking my notes, yes. uh, got <laughs> missed some things and conflated some things in my brain. Right. Whoops. Goes to show that I'm not perfect and you shouldn't trust any podcaster to be exactly. correct. You should always go and read the material for yourself, uh, which you can do on the Marvel Unlimited app for $9.99. Hashtag not sponsored. I just really like this app. There you go. Well, that was Darth Vader issue 12. Um, I don't think we have anything else to plug. If you like my voice, messed up as it is right now, you can hear it on For Light and Dice. Uh, Star Wars TTRPG podcast set in the High Republic era. We just finished a Halloween one-shot that was broken into three parts called The Night Sister is Dead. It was excellent. It was very spooky, although very gory. Uh, we are, at time of recording, about to release a behind-the-scenes episode, I think, and then uh, we will be into season two. We've been recording that podcast for over a year, and Bradley still hasn't listened to it. He can listen to audiobooks in the car, but he can't 
He can't <laughs> listen to to the TTRPG podcast. Uh huh. I see how it is. <laughs> We're not plugging anything else today, so run the socials. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gaze. Did Charles fuck something up? Send us a message at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Gold Squad Gaze. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gold Squadron Gaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Gold Squadron Gaze, where we post the podcast as well as exclusive content. Please join us next week and every week for more of Gold Squadron Gaze. I am determined to do Hades next, um, because I want to fuck death so badly in that game. <laughs> Bradley's giving me a look in the camera like, I know this means something. Look, if you've seen Thanatos and you know my type, you know what I mean. I've, I've never finished the game, so...